Voici la question. Est-ce que vous êtes prêts? What's the question? Are you ready to study God's word today? Okay. We're in Matthew chapter 5, and we're continuing this series that we started last Sunday called Relationships, From Broken to Blessed. And we talked about how the fact is relationships are hard. And, and one of the truths that we all know is that your connection with other people will bring you some of the greatest joy in your life and will also cause you some of the greatest pain in your life. And when we experience that pain from others, uh, Dr. Larry Cornine says there are four stages we tend to go through. And the first is hurt. I feel hurt when someone wounds my feelings or threatens my sense of well-being. And so when that, what comes out of that hurt is stage two, anger. And depending on your personality, you might express that anger, anger outwardly, or you might keep it stuffed down inside where nobody else can see it. But whenever someone gets angry, what you are feeling on the inside is embarrassed, offended, maybe disrespected or devalued or disregarded. And when we do not give that pain to God, the result is resentment. And the problem is we begin to see everything now through the filter of resentment. And we had this big aha moment last week when we said that, that when you hold on to the pain of your past, you will often overreact to things in the present. And that explains a lot when all of a sudden somebody goes from like, you know, calm to, ah, like way overreacting, a disproportionate response to the offense usually is a sign that what is happening now is simply triggering some pain from their past that has not yet been dealt with. And that resentment leads to destruction in our lives. Now, what we did not do this week, and we're going to do it this week, is this is huge. Look at what happens when you turn this upside down and you begin to see that a lot of the bondage that we get held on, the destruction in our lives, comes from this. That if you look at people so often who are dealing with drug addiction, caught in, in alcohol addiction or sexual addictions or, or child abusers, criminals, liars, adulterers, you think about people who are caught in this, in this trap of destruction and they don't understand why they're doing the things that they're doing, and maybe that's where some of you are here today. And what you will almost always find is beneath the surface, behind those destructive patterns, is resentment. Holding on to, to some unresolved anger about some hurt that took place in our lives. And we never took that pain and handed it over to God 
to find healing. And the Bible says that there is only one way for us to break this chain of destruction that you will never be able to break free from those patterns in your life until you learn the secret to one of the most powerful forces in the universe, forgiveness. Now listen, Satan does not want you to hear what we're going to talk about today. Let me tell you why. Because we have a spiritual enemy who wants to keep you in bondage. And here's what you need to know. And Satan does not want you to understand this today. Unforgiven pain gives Satan power in your life. Ephesians chapter 26, verse 27, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a what? Anger gives a foothold to the devil in your life. Don't you wish people could understand this? I wish everybody could hear this. I wish we could shout it from the mountaintops. Satan wants to keep you in bondage, but Jesus wants to set you free. And so last week we studied the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 38, where Jesus said, you have, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. And so we talked about how that's how most people operate in this world. You do something bad to me, I should be able to hurt you back. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. That is not the way to freedom. Jesus says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles, give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, and that's all, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. And so last week we talked about the power of forgiveness and how resentment keeps us in bondage, but forgiveness sets us free. And so today I want to I talk about seven things, seven things I want to give you today. You may want to jot a few of these down, maybe even if you had your phone ready, not to look online or anything, but just to take notes. Uh, you might want to write a few of these that stand out to you. Maybe not all, but maybe there will be some specific ones that God has for you today. Seven things to help you live in the freedom that Jesus offers. And number one is this. Remember that every human is a mess in need of grace. Can I get an amen? <laughs> there was an airline executive who was tired of constant problems with people. And so he wanted to create the perfect employee. 
you know, to eliminate human error. So he, he, he decided to use a new technology, completely automated airplanes. Computers would replace pilots and engineers and flight attendants. No more errors, no more people problems. And so they prepared for the very first flight and everything was going perfectly. And the flight gets up to cruising altitude. And then it comes across the loudspeaker and the computer says, welcome to the first automated air flight. Sit back and relax because nothing can go wrong. Go wrong, go wrong, go wrong. <laughs> Listen, here's the point. If you expect perfection, you will always be disappointed. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Don't be surprised when people mess up. Don't be surprised when people let you down. Don't be surprised when people hurt you. Because every human is a mess in need of grace. And guess who is at the top of that list? You. And me too. Because number two, I need to remember that sometimes I am a blockhead too. Again, can I get an amen? Uh, in, in fact, I think confession is good for the soul. Could everybody say that with me? I need to remember that sometimes I'm a blockhead too. If you don't know what a blockhead is, you can look that up later. It's easy to say, you know what, look at all the people out there who are causing problems. And it's easy to fail to remember how many times I'm the one who messes up, how many times I am the one who hurt other people, how many times I am the one who has been insensitive. When somebody else does something stupid, it's easy to say, what an idiot. But when I do the exact same thing, I think, well, you know, I was just having a bad day. I, I didn't mean anything by it. It's not that big a deal. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 to 5, Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Hey, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I wonder how many of you are ready to take out your phone right now and start sharing this message with everybody online. Yes? I think people should hear this today. But number three, now this is where it gets serious. Vengeance is God's job, not mine. Now, it is natural when someone hurts you to want to hurt them back. Remember, Jesus said, that's the way of the world. You poke me in the eye, I'm going to poke you back. You, you knock out my tooth, I'll punch you in the mouth. But this kind of thinking we talked about last week is what leads to wars and evil and terrorism and so many of the atrocities in this world. And so what if God's way is better than our way? What if God's way is better than the world's way? And here's what you need to understand, that we serve a God of justice. And when someone does you wrong, God says to you, don't you hear him? He says, listen, in the end, I'm going to take care of it. You can trust me because I am a God of justice and I will do a much better job at it than you ever could. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21 says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. In other words, it's his job, not mine. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I want you to look at that last line that we have highlighted. And could you read this out loud with me all together? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me ask you a question. Do you actually believe this? Because if you do not believe this, then you will never be able to trust God and give him your pain. You'll feel like you have to hold it on yourself until you believe that in the end, evil is overcome by good. I love the story of Larry and Joanne. Let me read it to you. Larry worked outside the home. Joanne was a stay-at-home mom. Like any other couple, they struggled to make ends meet and do the right things for their kids. And like most couples, they had their squabbles. Much of their fighting revolved around what was wrong in their marriage and who was to blame. Until one day, a most extraordinary event took place. You know, Joanne, I have a magic dresser in our bedroom. Every week when I pull out the dresser drawer, magically I find clean socks and underwear. Larry said, Joanne, I don't think I've ever thanked you for doing the laundry all these years. Thank you. Joanne stared at her husband over top of her glasses. What do you want, Larry? (laughs) Nothing. I I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. This was not the first time that Larry had done something kind of odd, so Joanne pushed the incident out of her mind until a few days later. Joanne, that was a great dinner, he said one evening. You are an amazing cook. And then it was, Joanne, you decorate the house so beautifully. And the next day, Larry said, Joanne, I love the sound of your laugh. Whenever I hear you laugh, I'm reminded of what a privilege it is that I get to spend my life with you. Joanne was starting to get worried. Is Larry dying or something? (laughs) Where's the sarcasm? The next night, Larry got up from the dinner table and went over to do the dishes. He cleaned up the whole kitchen. Joanne's step was now a little lighter, her her self-confidence higher, and once in a while, she even began to sing. She didn't seem to have as many bad moods. She thought, I kind of like this new Larry and not fighting all the time. And that would be the end of the story, except one day another extraordinary event took place. This time it was Joanne who spoke. Larry, she said, I want to thank you for how hard you work to support our family. I don't think I've ever told you how much I appreciate you. What's happening? It's the belief that in the long run, good always has the power to overcome evil. Number five, I can forgive while also setting boundaries. Now listen, this is what some of you need to hear today, because Satan has many people convinced 
falsely that to forgive someone means that I can continue to allow them to abuse me over and over and over and over and over again. And the fact is, when you live like Jesus, many times people will take advantage of you. It's true. And when people continue to try to take advantage of you, it is good and appropriate for you to put some boundaries in place. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 23. One day the apostle Peter was giving Jesus a hard time. And it says in Matthew 16, 23, Jesus didn't swerve. He said, Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Jesus even set up boundaries with his own family. Jesus had brothers back in Nazareth who at the time did not yet believe in him. And so they had been sarcastic and unhelpful when you read about it in the gospel stories. And in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. They want to talk to you right now. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus set up some boundaries even with his own family. See, sometimes, look at Proverbs 22, verse 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. In other words, I have to forgive people who hurt me for my own freedom. I have to. But I can also say, but do you know what? I forgive you, but you are a destructive person, and I cannot have you in my life right now. Listen, some of you need to hear this today. I forgive because I have to, and it's for my freedom. It's what God has called me to, and we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But even as I forgive, I can still put up some boundaries because of a destructive person in my life. Number six, forgiveness costs me something, but not forgiving costs me even more. L listen, here's what people don't realize. You are still going to pay the price either way. The only question is, while forgiving is hard, the destruction of not forgiving is even worse. Remember our progression when someone hurts us and we don't forgive when it turns to anger and when that anger is unresolved and we don't give it to God, that it, that it turns to what? To resentment. And what is the result of resentment? Destruction in all these areas of my life. Neil Anderson says, when we forgive the sin of another, we are agreeing to live with the consequences of his or her sin. You say, that's not fair. Well, the fact is that you will have to anyway whether you forgive or not. Because everybody is living with the consequences of somebody else's sin. The only real choice is whether we will do it in the freedom of forgiveness or the bondage of bitterness. I have a sense right now. I wonder if some of you are starting to get cautiously excited 
wondering if maybe today is the day that God is going to help you break free from the bondage of your past. I'm here to tell you, Jesus can do it. Oh, come on now. Come on now. There's this mysterious verse in the book of Hebrews, and I'm not 100% sure exactly how to interpret it, but I'm going to show you here in just a second, and maybe even some of you can interpret it better than me. But let's put it on the screen, and we'll read it out loud together, and then we'll talk about it for a minute. Hebrews 12, verse 15, let's read it out loud in unison together. Hebrews says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Now, first let's talk about what we do know. That when we hold on to unforgiveness, a bitter root starts to grow up inside of us and it starts to cause trouble. We know that. And also, that not only does it cause trouble in my life, but this bitterness and resentment also starts to defile and cause trouble even in my relationships with the people around me. That's what we know. But what does the first part mean? When it says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God because of somehow this bitter root that's connected And here's what I wonder, is it possible that sometimes we might miss out on the fullness and beauty and the abundance and the goodness of what God has for us? And here's what I think, number seven, unwillingness to extend grace to others is a sign that I might not fully grasp God's grace for me. See, this this is where it gets to the root of the issue. I think the reason that sometimes people have a hard time extending grace to others is because they have not fully understood God's grace in their own life yet. And the problem is you cannot give to others what you have not yet fully experienced for yourself. Remember that quote from Neil Anderson, When we forgive the sin of another, we are agreeing to live with the consequences of his or her sin. Everybody is living with the consequences of somebody else's sin. The only real choice is whether we will do it in the freedom of forgiveness or the bondage of bitterness. Let's talk about consequences for just a minute. You realize this is why Jesus came to the earth and why he died on the cross for us, to take the consequences for our sin. What does the Bible say the consequence for sin is? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How do we receive that gift? By allowing him to take those consequences, by receiving that gift. The reason that that we struggle with this is because we fail to understand that Jesus died on the cross to take the consequences for our sin, and he did not deserve it. He did nothing that should cause that to happen to him, but he willingly did it because he knew that that is the only way for freedom to enter into our lives. (laughs) 
And how can I receive this gift from him and then somehow turn around and withhold that same grace from others? There's this time when Jesus is telling a story in Matthew chapter 18. And at the end of this story, he says, here's the point. He says, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And so here's what we're going to do today. I am going to lead you through some prayers. I'm not just going to tell you all this and say, you know, oh, go figure it out on your own now. Good luck with that. I'm going to, in just a few minutes, put a few prayers on the screen that we can pray together to do this, this business with God and get things right in our lives and, and find freedom for some of you maybe that you never even thought possible to break free from some of the things that have held on to you. And God brought you here today so that finally those chains can be broken. But it starts right here. You have to allow Jesus to cancel your debt first. And if you've never done that, just in your heart, it's really, really simple. You just say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, and I receive his forgiveness. I'm going to let him take the consequences for my sin, even though he didn't deserve it, so that I can be washed clean and set free. Just do it right now in your heart. Have you done it? And as you allow him to cancel that debt for you, now we're going to go ahead and cancel the debt that others have to us. Here's the first prayer. What we're going to do is I'm going to read through it first. It's about three screens, just so that you can see what you're getting into. I'm not going to trick you. I'm going to let you see what you're praying, what you're committing to before you even said it. The prayer is, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. You took the, forgiveness, the consequence for my sin so that I can be forgiven. I receive that forgiveness today. But I confess that as a result of being hurt, there are times I have chosen not to forgive others. I have allowed myself to hold anger, resentment, and bitterness in my heart towards whoever that person is. And even right now, God is bringing to mind the names and faces of people Maybe even someone you haven't thought of in years. Listen, if it's coming to mind right now, you might think, oh, but I already forgave them. I'm not holding it against them. I'm going to suggest the possibility that if God is bringing it to your mind today, it's because you need to do this. That maybe it's been holding on to you in ways that you did not even realize. And so once we've done that, we'll continue. And I choose now to forgive those people. What they did to me was wrong. 
I release it to you now, Lord, so I can live in freedom. I release my right to seek revenge. I choose not to hold on to bitterness and anger. I pray that by the blood of Jesus, all ground gained in my life by any evil spirit. Remember that this lets the devil get a foothold in our lives. We already read that in scripture. But any ground that has been gained by any evil spirit due to my unforgiveness will be canceled. The enemy no longer has that power over me. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you to heal my damaged emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to go back now, now that you know what's in the prayer. Are you ready? In fact, I wonder if maybe even if we just stand up, we kind of prepare our spirits, get in a different posture. This is so important. Are you ready? And, and again, we're just going to do this quietly in your heart between you and God. And right now, just in your heart, say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross. You took the consequence for my sin so that I can be forgiven. I receive that forgiveness today. But I confess that as a result of being hurt, there are times I have chosen not to forgive others. I have allowed myself to hold anger, resentment, and bitterness in my heart towards. And right now, just in your spirit, say the names to God as a way of releasing them to Him. Remember, He's a God of justice. He'll take care of it. Are we ready to continue? And so now, I choose to forgive. Go ahead again. I choose to forgive. What they did to me was wrong. I release it to you now, Lord, so I can live in freedom. I release my right to seek revenge. I choose not to hold on to bitterness and anger. Now, this last part of the prayer, let's declare it out loud together, okay? If, if you'd like, again, there's no pressure. This is between you and God. But if you're ready, let's say this last part together. I pray that by the blood of Jesus, all ground gained in my life by any evil spirit due to my unforgiveness will be canceled. The enemy no longer has that power over me. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to heal my damaged emotions in Jesus' name, amen. Would you give thanks today? He's the chain breaker. But the fact is, some of you here today, here's the second prayer. There are three prayers today. The second one is this. Some of you have held on to resentment against yourself because of what you've held on to. Maybe because of bad choices you've made. And so let's pray this together. 
If you're ready to forgive yourself, I'm gonna read it first and then we'll do it out loud together just so you know what's in it. It says, Heavenly Father, I confess that as a result of being hurt, I have held anger and resentment towards myself for past failures, mistakes, attitudes, and choices. I now repent and turn from such thoughts or behaviors. I ask that you will forgive me and cleanse me. Thank you, Father, for forgiving me, and I now choose to forgive myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready? So if you'd like to, if you're ready to do this, let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that as a result of being hurt, I have held anger and resentment towards myself for past failures, mistakes, attitudes, and choices. I now repent and turn from such thoughts or behaviors. I ask that you will forgive me and cleanse me Thank you, Father, for forgiving me, and I now choose to forgive myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here's the last prayer. See, some of you today have held anger against God. Because so often, because we do not understand his word and his ways, when, when something wrong happens in my life, we blame God. And this could be a huge moment of breakthrough for some of us here today. Here's the prayer, I'll read it first and then we can go back if you would like to and pray it together. It says, Heavenly Father, I confess that I have blamed you for so many things. Lord, I am sorry that I've held bitterness against you, and I ask you to forgive me. I know that you hate what Satan has done in my life, and I believe that your love for me is perfect. Thank you for loving me and setting me free today in Jesus' name. This is serious. It's hard to forgive God because so often our grievances against God are due to our ignorance of His Word and His ways. And so you've got to understand, when you, when you do this, you also need to commit not only to forgive God, not because He's done anything wrong, but because of your misperception of what He's done. But in order to replace that, in order to rebuild, you then need to make a commitment to get into His Word to rebuild your understanding of who He is. And so let's get ready to pray this together. Are you ready? Committing with it, committing to relearn who he really is from what he has revealed in his word. Here we go, all together. If you're, and again, I'm not forcing you, but if you're ready, if you wanna do this, you can join us. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have blamed you for so many things. Lord, I'm sorry that I've held bitterness against you, and I ask you to forgive me. I know that you hate what Satan has done in my life. And I believe that your love for me is perfect. 
thank you for loving me and setting me free today in Jesus' name. Let's declare it, give a mighty shout if you're ready today to lift up his name and give him thanks for what he's done. For he is the chain breaker. He is the way maker. Let's lift it up to him.